This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian, tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Shouldn't you be at work? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Townsend right in there. Houghton also making his presence felt. There's his shot. It's a goal for Ireland. And Ray Houghton has made it 1 0. It's a great run by Michael Owen. And he might finish it off. Oh, it's a wonderful goal. You know him better than anybody, probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Oh, oh. Has no. Hello and welcome to a special World Cup edition of Quickly Kevin Will He Score the 90s Football Show. I'm Chris Skull. Joining me, a World Cup Josh Widdicombe. Hello. And a World Cup Michael Marden. Hello. And on these World Cup specials, we're going to be building our dream bespoke World Cup. 90s. Players, 90s. 90s. Theme tunes, mascots, posters, adverts, songs. This dream 90s World Cup so will have it each, all. We're going to do a, a series of small episodes and in each of them we're going to take a topic from the 90s and then we're going to each nominate one or we're just going to listen to three adverts or watch three adverts or whatever. And then you at home are going to vote via the power of social media because it's 2018, why not? And we're going to create the Dream World Cup. Sound simple? Yeah, and we want you to be a part of it. These World Cup specials are recorded in two lots. Yeah. So half of it is going to be us deciding it, and we're going to throw some stuff to you, the listener. Yeah. Any subjects you want us to choose, we will do them. Uh, the other thing is, the reason they are shorter is... Um, well, because we just haven't got time. <laughs> but we are in an age of snackable content. <laughs> all, I, all I'm saying is... For the next few weeks, try and make your commute quicker. Or slot them in in the uh, the break at half time during World Cup matches. Exactly, like, exactly. If you're sick of the ITV panel. Yes. Tune in. I wonder who. The, well, let's not talk about the current World Cup. I can make a promise now. This is going to be the only podcast during the World Cup that doesn't discuss how bad Russia v Saudi Arabia will be. <laughs> Imagine now if that game is an all time classic. <laughs> Um, so before that, uh, we are going to get on to that. Uh, what is the first podcast we will do next week, Michael? 
so next week we will be looking at goalkeepers. Goalkeepers. Yeah. And then what is the second one? Uh, and then we're going to be looking at the best theme tunes, the broadcasting so theme that tunes. gives you an idea of the scope we are dealing with here. I mean, I think we all know who's going to win that one. But. Well, we said we would do a penalty shoot at BBC ITV, go through the World Cup, see who's won each one. I mean, it's, it's going to... I mean, tune in because I can't guess who's got the best theme tunes. Right. Now, uh, this is just the setup episode because it's the opening ceremony. Consider this our opening ceremony. We're not going to blow any of our material here, but we have got loads of correspondence. So we thought this was an opportunity to get through it before our next episode which will be in autumn and a lot of this correspondence will feel out of date <laughs> I'm Jim Rosenthal and this is the Electronic Post Bag You've got mail So this is amazing so uh, off the back of Steve Bruce's books uh, we've got an email I know this is 2000s but it's worth it because it links to the Steve Bruce books this is from Daniel Phillips and um He's put, have you seen this Steve Bruce-esque description in Meza Ozil's autobiography? Oh, yes, please. Oh, this is incredible. Meza Ozil's autobiography, if you haven't read it, it's some great bits, but there's a lot where he just doesn't write anything. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so this is Meza Ozil uh, talking about joining Real Madrid. To make it perfectly clear, at the time, Barcelona and Real Madrid were as far apart from a football perspective as the moon and the earth, or... To use another analogy, Barcelona was like a Mercedes AMG GTS, <laughs> with all the cogs working in perfect unison to propel its 510 horsepower engine, with a brilliant driver who could effortlessly manoeuvre the vehicle at high speed around every road. Staying with that image, all that shone at Madrid before Mourinho was the bodywork. At the time, Real Madrid were like a Ferrari, but an, a battered old maggot-eaten engine <laughs> under the bonnet rather than a 963 CV. And also... Filled with the wrong petrol. <laughs> my my, my favourite bit of that Ozil book, though, is when uh, he's at that club and someone gets murdered and he has to figure out. <laughs> real, real twist. That I mean, is astonishing, isn't there it? There is no way that whoever's ghostwriting that has not read Steve Bruce's books. <laughs> Do you think? That, you think? That is so on the nose. Maybe That's Steve incredible. Bruce is ghostwriting it. <laughs> Imagine if Mesut Ozil was a huge fan of striker, sweeper and defender. And he approached Steve Bruce and said, I've got an autobiography, I can't... I tried, I just can't write prose as well as you can. Or maybe he's like, you know when um, in Hollywood they'll bring in a script doctor? Just yeah. To sort of just to punch, punch up a script up. at yeah. the end. It'll be like, right, we've got this. But there's a couple of key analogies missing. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the Steve Bruce books, we've had um, quite a few tweets and messages the last week or so saying there was someone selling them on eBay... So if you want to grab a copy of those literary masterpieces, uh, I think you can search Steve Bruce on eBay. Um, now, uh, you know we were talking about uh, When Saturday Comes, Sean Bean. Yeah. And I mentioned that there's also a Sheffield United shirt in um, Full Monty. We've had an email from two people, one from Brian Wilson, who's, uh, thank you for finding the time, Brian, <laughs> and one from Ronan O'Reilly, who both pointed out there is a Sheffield United shirt in Batman Begins. What? What? <laughs> yeah. Have they yeah. seen a picture? Yeah, so they've sent the clip. Uh, the clip's not worth playing out because it's quite a quiet clip. Right. Yeah. We're still here of a young child in Batman Begins And it's not just in any York. Sheffield United shirt. Brian Wilson's put 1990 straight 92. So wow. that era, the Brian Dean era. Yeah. Um, so basically what happens is, is so that bit where he like goes and does his training in like Asia. Yeah, when yeah. he meets Liam Neeson. Raja yeah, Paul, so I yeah. think before that, I can't really remember the movie. That well, he seems to be in like a marketplace in 
in Asia. Yeah. And he's stolen some food or something. Right. And then he finds a kind of a street kid and he shares his food with him. And the right. street kid is wearing a Sheffield United <laughs> shirt. Because the costume is gone. What absolutely says this kid has reached the bottom? <laughs> So he's stolen from the market to share food with yeah. a street kid who's dressed as Brian Dean. But do you think, you know that on the set, the day they filmed that bit, yeah. it's no, there must be football fans going, why have we dressed Christian, him in a Sheffield United Well, Christian kit? Bale's English, right? Is he Welsh? Welsh, Welsh. But a lot of these people that work on these things are English. There's definitely someone who works in the wardrobe that is a Sheffield United yeah. fan, do you think? Yeah, 100%. And I wouldn't be And surprised. I don't think it's a bad thing for him to wear because it's... It's like a classic thing that would end up yeah, well, being hand-me-down. Well, if, if you go on holiday, you will see like, young kids wearing like third or four generations down, like passed down football. Yeah. I went to Africa a few years ago. We were on Zanzibar. And there were half a dozen people. I was like, I wanted their football shirt because they had like an original like 1994 Germany like World Cup shirt. And, <laughs> and I was what like, they don't realise is that's worth 200 quid on yeah. it. <laughs> This kid stealing food from a market. Yeah. People that on classic football's got a winning lottery ticket. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you know when there's like a humanitarian crisis and people send watches, yeah. and then there's shots of it on the news, yeah. oh. and there's usually like a kid with a Nicky Butt Man United <laughs> shirt so on, but like Argyle. Someone must have a story. So one of our listeners must have a story about donating a shirt yeah. to charity and then seeing it pop up on the news in like Africa or something what, what, with like that. Their, with their own name on the back. Name on the back. Stay tuned for more. Quickly, Kevin. Do you want another thing similar? Footballer in me. Always. You're going to love this. Okay. This is from Martin Scheel. To add to your list of footballers in movies, Julian Joachim appears in Hannibal. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, no, I don't believe that. Yeah. No, oh, so. He can be seen on the TV being watched in an Italian uh, police station. Okay. <laughs> That's good though, isn't it? So what, is it during, during a match? Are they watching a football game? The clip game? is from the 2000 Cup Final Aston Villa v Chelsea. It must have been late on as Joachim came off for Benito Carboni in the 79th minute. <laughs> a double snub for Carboni. So he sent us a link to an article in The Guardian. Tim Peach has got a zinger of a credit for former Aston Villa striker Julian Joachim. This is from The Knowledge in The Guardian. Yeah. In Hannibal, there's a scene in a police station where a TV in the background is showing a football game and you get to see a close-up of none other than Julian himself. <laughs> That's amazing. That's incredible. So That's good, amazing. isn't it? Again, like, why that match? Like, there why must that be Well, that, i tell you why that match, because I've worked, obviously, on things where... So you've got clear stuff, obviously. Yeah. They'll have said, can we get some football? Yeah. And they'll have just cleared that game and they... They'll, they won't be showing the whole thing, they'll just have that clip going around and around because obviously they'll be doing different... Yeah, so yeah. there's someone there who has worked in the police station that spent six hours watching Julian Joachim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like when actors have to eat the same food over and yeah. over again. But why in Hannibal not choose an Italian game? Yeah, that's oh, weird. But, oh, he's getting summed up with Benito Carboni. <laughs> <laughs> that's good enough. Would you like an update on when Michael Jackson and Yuri Geller went to Exeter City? Always. This is from John Curtis. Okay. So, some of my friends went to see Jacko and Blaine at St. James's Park. In addition to the speech as recorded The Guardian, Michael Jackson also got ferried around the touchline in a golf buggy. <laughs> <laughs> so hard. Waving. David Blaine then did a trick, but no one could see it. It sounded completely insane, cost £10 and sold out anyway. 
There's been rumours for years around Exeter that it wasn't really Jackson, but one of his lookalikes. Who knows? But what we do know is that the reason Yuri was there organising this nightmarish celeb debacle was an account of him calling the tax man on our crooked chairman and vice chairman at the time, John Russell and Mike Lewis, when Geller was joint chairman. Right. Their ruinous rule reached a crescendo with Geller dobbing them in, rightly so, <laughs> showing how broke our club was. So he did what any well-connected fan would do. He called the King of Pop and the King answered the call. <laughs> but my real question is this. Why did Yuri Geller turn up so readily at both City and Donny when things were so dreadful? Is he the saviour or the harbinger of doom? Where will he go next? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to John Curtis for that. That event sounds absolutely brilliant, doesn't it? I look forward to seeing Dr. Tony Gia, uh, Yuri Geller, and... <laughs> <laughs> what pop star? What pop star are we knocking about now? Dua Lipper. I mean, that's, that's, that's the combo we want. Right, Barry Fry update from Chris Miller. Straight going forward, pops it at the back, mate. They can't keep a good man down. Following on from your Barry Fry episode, I wanted to provide you with a saucy update. I work at ABAX and we sponsor Peterborough United's ground to the ABAX Stadium. We have offices in the new stand behind one of the goals and look out over the pitch. That blows my mind. Yeah. Do you get a f- bit of office space? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, if Plymouth were a London club and you could hire a space. Oh, looking out over the, uh, the pitch. pitch. Yeah, lovely. But that doesn't happen. Like, Emirates aren't based in the Emirates, are they? Do you remember last season we went to Plymouth Peterborough opening game oh, of the, the season? Oh, yeah. And, uh, also, another big sponsor was um, Mick George's Skips. Oh, yeah. and do you remember there was like, we were saying, like, why have like the Skip company sponsored this or not? How, how can they get this out, get the most out of their sponsorship? Then the halftime entertainment was, oh, yeah. was kids kicking balls into Skips. They brought a Skip onto the pitch. This happened last year. This wasn't even that. Old. Another weird thing about that day, Peterborough had their their nickname is the Posh. Yeah. So they didn't so much have like a mascot as just a posh man in a top hat with one of those ones <laughs> came out. I've always wondered how much like the hoardings cost at that level. You know when you see like some yeah, sort of must skips. be very low. I mean, must be very low indeed. I think we should sponsor an advertising oh, hoarding. Oh yes, let's sponsor an advertising hoarding. Well, if anyone's got any info about like how much that costs and how to do it, let if, us know. We'll... If you're a club and you have something to do with a club and you would let us have an advertising hoarding yeah. for a few games this season and let us put on it whatever we want yeah. within reason yeah. within yeah, reason yeah. we'd obviously not do anything crazy yeah we'd love to do it we'd love to we'd and talk about it, this, it. That, that advertising hoarding space would get so much more value yeah. if you gave yeah. it to us for free for a few yeah. games or I'm going to say it I'll chuck you a hundred quid <laughs> you might be overpaying though steady <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right hello going, quickly Kevin, yeah. Com yeah. if you run a football club so this gets better they're in their offices well I don't even know what ABEX are we regularly see Barry around the club in his role as director of football last summer the transfer window opened during a heatwave the transfer window is a busy time for Barry and he also loves a tan so for a good week Barry would appear in the home dugout on his phone take off his shirt and work on his tan (laughs) I'll never know if he was clearing players out of the club or bringing in new blood but part of me really hopes that he signed top goal scorer Jack Marrett whilst topless He's attached a picture here that we'll tweet. This is a picture of Barry Fry sitting in the home dugout 
topless. Oh, oh my god, that is amazing! <laughs> Do you know what as well? That's like a super zoom paparazzi. Yeah, like that's, <laughs> that's how you get like a celebrity on holiday topless. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Barry Fry topless is about four pixels of that picture. I mean, Barry Fry is rapidly becoming my favourite person from nineties football. Yeah, totally. He's incredible. Um. Thank you for all your correspondence. Uh, keep it coming. Uh, hello at quicklykevin.com. Particularly anything Barry Fry related or any football shirts in films or footballers in films. That is a, a great area. Get in touch with the show. Email hello at quicklykevin.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at quicklykevin. And sign up to the mailing list at quicklykevin.com. Now, our first creation of the perfect 90s World Cup will be released on Monday when we will choose our favourite 90s goalies. Just to be clear, we're not going to just go with the best three goalies. We're yeah. not boring in that sense. These are people that define the 90s tournaments for yeah, us. For, for us, it's, this is yeah. not a greatest 11. It's no. about those weird niche players that you love for reasons that you can't really justify. Yes, that's what we're looking for. That's what we'll be doing. Thank you for listening. Goodbye, Chris. Goodbye. Goodbye, Michael. Bye. See you on Monday. Hope you enjoy Russia versus Saudi Arabia. It's going to be a fucking classic. <laughs> <laughs> if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, If you can trust yourself, when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too. If you can wait, and not be tired by waiting, or being lied about, don't deal in lies, or being hated, don't give way to hating, and yet don't look too good, nor talk too wise. If you can dream and not make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thought your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two impostors just the same, if you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, or watch the things you gave your life to broken and stoop and build them up with worn-out tools, If you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone and so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue, or walk with kings, nor lose the common touch. If neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you, but none too much.
If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it. And, which is more, you'll be a man, my son. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.